Well, welcome everyone. It's good to see everyone today, and I want to welcome those watching online. Thanks so much for joining us today on this special day. In the early church, when the believers gathered together, they had a greeting. Uh, the, the leader would say, he is risen, and the people would respond that he is risen indeed. So I want to do that this morning. And so, he is risen. He is risen indeed. We have so much to celebrate today because without the resurrection, right, our faith would be useless. Uh, this is the most important act of all of history, the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus claimed to be God in the flesh. He claimed that he would die and come back to life three days later. And if he did not do that, then the whole Christian movement would have stopped at his death. But when he came back from the dead, it changed the course of history, changed everything. And that's why we are here today. Um, I don't know about you. Have you guys ever been disappointed by something that you hoped for in life? Maybe you were hoping for uh, a present that you didn't receive. Maybe you were hoping for that promotion at work that you didn't get. Now, I'm old enough, I remember when we used to get really excited as kids to collect cereal top boxes, you know, the box, the, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? You'd collect them, and if you got enough, you could mail them off and get a prize, okay? And so I remember one time getting a super secret spy decoder, okay? And I thought this was going to be the coolest thing ever. And I, I mean, I ate a whole lot of cereal, so I could get that thing. And I got it, and it was just like a little cardboard disc that you just rotated around and read the letter off of, right? And I'm thinking, I waited, I got my hopes up, I thought this was, I thought I was going to be the next James Bond, and then I got this, and it's just simply a little piece of paper. Uh, there, there are things like that, that you get your hopes up, and you get them, and then you're just completely disappointed. And I don't know if you've been there, uh, you know, for, for us even today. Uh, I watched the Virginia Tech spring game yesterday, and I'm like, I'm getting excited about football already. But I know as soon as I get my hope up about football, they're going to let me down, right? Because that's what's happened the last few years. And so we put our hope in things that don't always, um, they don't all, our hope is not always fulfilled in those things. And it may be your health, or it may be your job, it may be what you want to do with your life, or what you want to accomplish. And here's the thing, all of those things are, in, are they're uncertainties in life. We have a certain hope, and that hope carries us through times when, when times are changing. And and I'm just telling you, we're bombarded every day with things that seem hopeless. And if you turn on the news and you're watching what's happening in the Ukraine, we've gone through the last two years dealing with uh, COVID and all the, the, the things surrounding that and all the violence and all the war and all the crime and all the hatred. We see the brokenness of the world all around us. We see sickness. We see disease. We see natural disasters. That's what we're bombarded with. And so we look at that and we're like, where is hope in the midst of all that? And we even say when people are at their lowest that they've, they've just lost hope. They've lost hope. And, and so I, I think what that does, it says more about our source of hope rather than the strength of our hope. 
And I want to talk about the source of our hope today. That type of hope is the Christian hope. Hebrews tells us it's the sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to be in the book of 1 Peter. And we want to focus on this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1 today that tells us about the hope we have in Jesus a hope that we can count on, a hope that we don't have to worry about, a hope that's going to carry us through the tough times of life. And so uh, this epistle, this letter, it was written to believers who were facing insults and slander, and they were facing beatings and violence, and they were under all sorts of persecution for their faith, and they had been scattered out. And in the midst of all of that, Peter wanted them to know that Jesus is the source of their hope. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll pick it up in verse 3. It says, Praise be to God and Father, uh, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. I want you to think about that phrase, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, John Calvin tells us that 1 Peter begins with a description of our indestructible hope so that we may enjoy the invaluable treasure of a future life, and also that we may not be broken down by present troubles, but we can patiently endure them, being satisfied with eternal happiness. And so that kind of brings me to my first point this morning, and it's simply this. Even in our darkest times, right, there's always, there's always hope. Even when you are at your lowest, even when you look around and you think there is no hope, there is always hope because of Jesus. And our living hope is what allows us to stand firm in the midst of trouble. Because we know our ultimate reward, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in this life, we know that ultimately we're going to be with Jesus forever. Uh, we, song, we sang a song this morning called Living Hope by Phil Wickham. Um, I love that song. It's from, it's a couple years old. And uh, I read w- about how he wrote the song. And he was r- writing it with another guy. And they were text messaging back and forth. And they wrote it by text message, right? That's the, the, the age we live in. So they were texting lyrics back and forth. And this is what he said. He said, he said after we finally landed on the third verse, again, this was all through text message, there was a pause. I saw those three little dots that come up when you know someone else is writing. And Brian simply said, dude, this is amazing. God has rescued us from a place that we could have never rescued ourselves. Our future was death, but Jesus came in and brought life, a living hope into our souls and into our lives. So this morning, I want to do something kind of different, a little bit unique, Um, I want to look at that song we just sang, Living Hope, and I want to kind of dive into the words of that and compare them and and show how they kind of help us understand 1 Peter. And so whenever I want to do something creative, I kind of ask my wife, well, I could do this. And I thought about having people come up and read the different verses of the song. Um, And then I realized my kids are far more creative than I am, okay? And so whenever I get in a jam, I'm like, 
uh, hey kids, I need help. And I've had Emma write, you know, spoken word or poetry before. And I called up Luke this time. I'm like, hey, so could you record uh, just this song, just really strip down just so we can focus on the words. And so I've got short little videos of him playing and, and his wife, Madison, uh, just to help us focus on the words this morning. So here, I want to hear the, the, the first verse. So let's hear it. By the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned toward heaven And spoke your name into night That's the first verse. And what's unique about that, what I love about this song, I love how it starts at the beginning. This goes all the way back to Genesis. God created this perfect world, but because of sin, we're separated from God, and we're in this predicament, right? It seems that we've lost hope, and we can trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve, and we see that nothing can bridge the gap, the chasm that lay between us and God. And I'll tell you, people try all sorts of ways to bridge this chasm. People try performance. If I'm just good enough, then maybe I can get close to God. If I just go to church, then maybe God will accept me. If I can just do enough good things and and help enough people, then maybe God will look down on me and, and show some mercy. But what we realize here, that until we turn to heaven, until we speak the name of Jesus, all hope is lost. But when we put our faith in ourselves, we have no hope. But when we put our faith in Jesus, that's where we find living hope. And I think the problem is, you know, we think hope is just a principle to live by. Oh, yeah, we just need some hope. We need, uh, we need some joy, and we'll th- sprinkle in a little hope in there. And if we view hope as a principle, it's going to let us down. We've got to realize that hope is more than a principle. It's a person. Hope is a person, and that person is Jesus. And so uh, when times are tough, we don't need a catchy little slogan or a trite phrase to encourage us. We need more than a principle. We need a person. We need a Savior. We need someone that can do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that's why Jesus came. But let's get back to our Bible passage this morning. In 1 Peter uh, again, the, the, the disciples at this point, they, this was written about 30 years after uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus. And so at this point, the disciples had been scattered. They had been dispersed. And Peter is writing to a group of Christians that were scattered throughout what is Asia Minor, which is now modern day Turkey. And so they're scattered around, and they were going through a lot. They were going through persecution and, and all of this stuff, but, but Peter knew that worse was coming, that this was just the start. There, there, there were more persecution was coming. Um, and so what he does here, he links our, 
our new birth, our salvation to this idea of you've got a living hope because you've been born again. And so he's telling them, uh, you're going to be all right because you have something that can carry you through everything you're facing. And so he's telling them how they can have the power of hopes, the power of hope when they're stressed out, when they're anxious and when they're worried, when they don't know what's going to happen next. And so um, if we look ahead in First Peter a little bit, in chapter 2, you know, we think that Peter's going to tell them, okay, you can, uh, you can do this, and, 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 you know, when times are tough, just take care of yourself and, and, and you know, hunker down, and you, you can push through. But Peter really doesn't give them that message. In fact, in chapter 2, this is what he tells them. He says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Uh, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. He's telling them the way you're going to have hope through this is you're going to continue to do what God has called you to do. No matter what's happening around you, your circumstances don't change your hope. Your circumstances don't change your mission. The, the Greek term for hope in this passage, it, it means kind of this eager, confident expectation. The, the CEV translation says it's a hope that lives on. The New Living translation says, our, uh, you know, it says we live with great expectation. It, it's, this, it's not this, I'm hoping this might happen. It's this confident trust that it is going to happen. And so whatever the persecuted believers faced in this world, they were facing, it could not compare to the, the, the trust, the hope, the belief that they had in the future resurrection, that they would be with Jesus forever. And we see this in this song, Living Hope, in the second verse. So let's, read, let's listen to this. Through the darkness, your loving kindness through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope And through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. Our God is a God who sees us in the midst of our desperation and pain, in the midst of our sin. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth for us to give us hope when it seems like all hope had been lost. I read this week that there are no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. And so I want to challenge us a little bit. In our darkest times, the loving kindness of God, it's what touches our heart and our mind, and it gives us hope to, to move forward in life. And that brings me to my second point this morning. Because of God's love, that's why we have living hope. That's why we can stand up and say, I've got a living hope. It's because God loves us so much. If we go back to 1 Peter 1, 3 again, it, Praise be to the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, 
He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I read in a commentary this week, it said the hope into which we are born is a divine hope. That is, it's a hope that does not simply wait for the end time, but it is active and vigorous, fueling the life and activity of the believer. Hope is the very stuff of life. It keeps the farmer on the tractor, the prisoner alive, the student at the books, and the patient watching for the, most, for the morning. Hope fills present sacrifices with joy, and it keeps us at worthy tasks, even though rewards are small and those who say thank you are few. This hope is not whistling in the dark, nor is it activated only by spring flowers. Rather, it is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love that. I mean, hope, it's the very essence of life. It's what keeps us going when we look around and we have nothing else that seems like it is going the right direction for us. When you're in the hospital, when you're suffering, when your marriage is on the rocks, whenever you look at all that, hope is what keeps us moving forward. And our hope is based on what Jesus has done for us. It's based on the resurrection. Biblically speaking, hope is this confidence that something is going to happen, even though it's not happened yet. In Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. All right, that's hope. And as we keep going in this song, uh, we see how this, this love of God kind of shows us how we have living hope. Let's listen to the next part. could fathom such boundless grief. God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. I love that. God stepped down from glory to become one of us, to live on earth as a human. He was 100% God and 100% man. It was because of his grace, because of his love, that he demonstrated mercy towards us. And the, the truth is, we deserved sin. Because of our sin, we deserved death. We deserved punishment. But Jesus loved us so much that he came to earth and provided us a way that our sin could be forgiven, that we could be made right with God, that we could have eternal life. And that, that, that is what gives us hope. And uh, he took our sin upon himself. He bore our shame. Right? He, he says in that line, to wear my sin and to bear my shame. That's what Jesus did on the cross for us. He took the punishment that we deserved because he lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived a perfect life. And so... Uh, we look at this in First Peter. It says that we have this new birth into a living hope. And I'm, I'm sure uh, Peter was thinking about that time that Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born again. He, you need a spiritual rebirth. You need to, to go from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. And that happens through faith in Jesus. 
And I just want to be perfectly honest with you. Apart from Jesus, there is no anchor that's going to hold you steady in the storms of life. Apart from Jesus, there is no hope for the trials and the tribulations and the troubles and the, uh, the persecution and the hardships that you face. Apart from Jesus, uh, you, really, you have, you know, upon death, uh, there is punishment awaiting before your sin. And that's, the, that's what our world doesn't want to hear. We don't want to hear about that. We want everything to be warm and fuzzy. And, but, but we are responsible for the way we live our life. We are responsible for our actions. And the truth is, we have all disobeyed God. And there are consequences because of that. But we have hope, and the strength of our hope is, determ is determined by the source of our hope. Now, you, you may have a hope and say, I just hope I'm good enough. Well, the strength of that is not very strong because you're not good enough. But if you say, I know I'm not good enough, but my hope is in Jesus, the source of your hope, that's going to hold you firm. And at Easter, that's what we realize. Warren Wearsby says this. He says, a living hope is one that has life in it and therefore can give life to us. Because it has life, it grows and it becomes greater and more beautiful as time goes on. Time destroys most hopes. They fade and they die. But the passing of time only makes a Christian's hope that much more glorious. And so God has proven himself in the past. He went to the cross on our behalf because of his love. Then we have this living hope. But not only that, my next point is because of the cross, we have forgiveness. We have forgiveness. Uh, this is so huge. We all, again, we are all guilty before God because we've all disobeyed God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it says in verse, going back to 1 Peter one more time, right? It says, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the cross is where we find forgiveness for all that we've done wrong, for the sin, for the shame, for the, uh, just the heartache that we've caused and we've created. I want you to hear the next verse of this song. That's spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, I live. cross is spoken and I am forgiven. Because of the cross, everything has changed. He died in our place. He took our sin upon himself. And because of that, the only response that we have is to give our lives back to the very God who created us. And I, you know, I think about that and I think about what we celebrate at Easter. Yes, we think about the cross, but we're so thankful that the story doesn't end at the cross. It doesn't end when he is being crucified and put to death and uh, the disciples are scared and wondering, has all hope been lost? Is Jesus who he really said he was? And I'll just tell you this, I've heard this over and over through my life, uh, that 
one of the, the biggest ways we know that Jesus came back from the dead is the change we see in the lives of the disciples. I want you to think about that. These same guys that were scared and running and, and denying Jesus. Right? We're, we're in First Peter, right? It's written by Peter. Peter was the one who was like, I don't know the guy. Why are you, why are you trying to associate me with Jesus? He, he's denying Jesus three times. This same Peter is the one who stands up at Pentecost and preaches and 3,000 people are saved. And, and I tell you this because the disciples would not die for a lie. When you think about this, you, you look at the change that took place in their life. They were changed because of what they saw Jesus do. Hope is based on what Christ did for us. He took our sin upon him. He offers us righteousness in exchange. And I love that. The great exchange takes place. He takes our sin and he gives us hope. And we know it's true because he rose from the dead. If we look in Scripture, Ephesians 1.7, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and he forgave us of our sins. Romans 4 says he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Colossians 2 says he canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away, nailing it to the cross. I'm just telling you this because we, we see the cross provides the forgiveness of sin that we so desperately need so that we can be made right with God. And the, the resurrection, though, it's the linchpin. It's, it's what holds everything together and, and all the claims and promises of Scripture. Uh, the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more than pitied than anyone in this world. You see, Paul realized something here. He realized that if Jesus didn't really come back from the dead, then we have no faith. Then our faith is placed in something that, that cannot guarantee our future. But because the resurrection is true, then that's what holds everything together. And that's why we celebrate Easter. The resurrection proves that what Christ did on the cross was enough. To pay for our sins. It proves that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And that leads me to this. Because of the resurrection, we have a promise of hope for eternity. We have a promise of hope for eternity. Let's go back one more time. You're going to get tired of 1 Peter by the end of the day. But it's so good. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, that can never spoil, that can never fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We have an inheritance that is being preserved, that is being held, that's never going to fade away. And that's all being done by God. This next verse in the song kind of brings out this hope we have for eternity. Let's then came the morning, I 
get chills when you sing a song like that and that verse comes up and you hit that point and it just all kind of the song is building and it hits that point when you realize this is what it's all about this is what it's all about right then came the morning that sealed the promise his buried body began to breathe he came back to lie the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus has the victory I, I love that because that is what we celebrate. Jesus didn't say in the tomb. He rose from the dead and that changed the entire course of history. At the point of silence when the disciples thought all hope was gone. He roared back to life and he conquered death. Declaring that the grave couldn't hold him any longer. He was victorious over sin and death. And, and I want you to know that that we will be free one day from all the sickness and all the brokenness and all the depression and all the anxiety, all the doubt, all the violence, all the heartache. We're going to be free from that because Jesus came back from the dead. He conquered death and the grave. And we read that one day we're going to be with Him for all of eternity when we die. If you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus... Right? That's the promise of the resurrection that we will be with Jesus for all of eternity. In Philippians, we see that he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus, he is working behind the scenes, and our goal is, our hope, our, our promise is that we're going to be with him forever. And that's why we can remain hopeful, even in the darkest times of our life. Because the worst thing that could happen to us is that we take our last breath here on earth and we're in the presence of Jesus for all of eternity. And when you think about it that way, then it's not that bad. Because when we're done here on earth, we get to be with Him forever. And I know we, we, we want to be here. We want to enjoy family and friends. And we want to live life to the fullest. But no matter what we go through, we have this promise that forever we'll be with God our Father. In Romans 8 it says, What we suffer now, it's nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. And, I'm, and I'll just say, right, I don't know what's going on in a room like this. There may be some of you that are suffering right now. It may be sickness. It may be heartache. It may be brokenness. It may be family problems. And your, your heart is here this morning heavy. And you're like, I know I should worship Jesus. I know I should lift my hands and praise Him. But my heart is just so heavy. Our present suffering, right, is nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed to us later and, and that's that's the hope we have as believers right the, we it says in first peter that we have this wonderful inheritance the the completion of our salvation that awaits us it, it's what enables us to endure the circumstances without losing hope I, I read this this week it said our inheritance is imperishable 
The storehouse of our heavenly treasures can never be exhausted. It is an eternal, never-ending inheritance. Our inheritance is undefiled. Even the greatest of treasures in this life are marred by sin and fallenness. Not so in the next. Nothing of sin or corruption shall, be, shall affect our eternal inheritance. Our inheritance is unfading. You will not get bored with your inheritance. When you are, are in a perfect relationship with your Savior, your enjoyment of being in His presence will only increase. Uh, it says that's not all. Your inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And the kept here is a military term, meaning that, meaning that it's being guarded for you. This inheritance is not simply set aside with your name on it like a package at the post office. It, it's secure and it's kept specifically for you like a deposit in a high security bank vault. Now, I'm just here. You may be hoping for an earthly inheritance, but I'm telling you, you can't count on that, right? You can't count on receiving that. Taxes, government, health care costs, any of those things could wipe out our savings. We don't know if and when our economy is going to collapse. We don't know. We could be invaded and conquered, and our money could be worthless. There's all sorts of the worst-case scenarios I could paint for you, Right? Our inheritance, we can't count on it. But when we look to our, our, our inheritance that's guaranteed by God, we can count on it. It's not going anywhere. We can trust it, right? And, and First Peter, he keeps going. He's telling us nothing can shake us. He says in verse 6, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you still love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the hope that we have in Jesus. And in John, it says, I give them eternal life. This is what Jesus says. And they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. It's the promise we have from Jesus. Nothing can, can snatch us out of God's hand. I want us to listen to the, the chorus of this song. This is the final part of the song. Just what, and we get to this point and we can praise God because of what He's done. And let's listen to this. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope. My living hope. I love that. Uh, that song, it just speaks to me. I hope it does to you as well. The promise that we have in Jesus. And that's why we can praise Him. That's why our response is to say hallelujah, right? 
because of what Jesus has done, we can praise Jesus. As First Peter keeps going, he says, Therefore, with the minds that are fully alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. As a result of what Jesus has done on the cross, it changes us. We're not the same people we used to be. I'm so thankful that I'm not the same person I used to be. I'm so thankful that God has worked in my life and brought me and he's still bringing me from where I am to where he wants me to be. And because of what Jesus has done, because of the hope that we have, we now have the power to live a new way of life that pleases God. I fully believe that there are many people who claim to know Jesus, but they don't fully believe and understand what Jesus has done for them. Because if they did, their lives would be different. If they, did, if they understood what Jesus really did on the cross and, and how much He loved them and how He came back from the grave for them their life would be different. And so that's my challenge to you today. Is your life different because of what Jesus has done? In, in the book of Colossians, we have an early hymn of the church. It says this, For God in all of His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Can I just tell you, you are never too far from God's reach because Jesus is the one who stood in your place. And when God looks at you, when you make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, when God looks at you on that day of judgment, He's going to look at you and instead of seeing all your sin, instead of seeing all that you've done wrong, He's going to look at you and see the righteousness of Jesus. And so this is, again, this to me, this is why we celebrate Easter. This is what it's all about. It comes down to the fact, have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus? Are you right with God? Are, are you still trying to save yourself? And I'm telling you, you can't save yourself because you'll never be good enough. Because there's sin in your life. The only way we can be made, right, be, be made right with God is when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. The Bible says we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. It's, it's that simple. It's simply a matter of crying out to God in, the, in your desperation saying, you are my living hope. I trust you. I believe in you. I know what Jesus did for me on the cross. I need you. I believe in you. Save me. That's all it takes. And today I want to give you that opportunity to make Jesus your living hope. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, Today, as we've talked about this living hope that we have in Jesus, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for, what Jesus did on the cross for us. Lord, we were separated from you because of our sin, and yet you loved us so much that in, in our sin, Jesus Christ came to die for us. 
He lived a perfect life. He, he became the perfect Lamb of God that could take away the sin of the world. And He went to the cross to be the once, the final for all sacrifice for all mankind. For all who put their faith and their trust in Him. And so, Heavenly Father, today we come to You with thankful hearts. We come to You to praise You, to thank You for all that You've done. And Lord, I want to give the people here that are watching online, the people that are here in this place, a chance to respond today. And as we are praying and every head is bowed, we want to just challenge and say, if you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. And so if you're here today and you'd say, I've never really put my faith in Jesus. I really didn't understand why He came. I didn't understand why it mattered. But today you're here and you say, okay, I... I get it. He died for me. He took my punishment. He took my shame. He bore all my sin and shame. Then today is your opportunity. Would you just pray with me? Would you just pray with me to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Would you just pray, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge my need for you. I acknowledge my sin. I know I've disobeyed. I know I'm separated from you. But because of what Jesus has done for me, I know that I can be forgiven. And so right now, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you cleanse me from everything that I've done wrong? Would you make me right with you? Lord, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And because of that, I know I can spend eternity with you and have that eternal life that Scripture talks about. And so, Lord, I believe. I put my faith in Jesus. I put my trust in Jesus. I know I have a living hope that is secured for me forever that no one can snatch away from me. Lord, I just believe. Save me. Transform me. Change me to be more like Jesus. While every head is bowed here, nobody looking around, if that was your prayer this morning, I don't do this often, but would you just be? Would you just lift up your hand and say, Mike, would you pray for me today? I prayed that prayer. I want Jesus. I want, I want you to know that Jesus saved me today right here. There's a place to do that online as well. If you're watching online, be sure and just click that button um, if you're on our website to say, I, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Anybody anywhere that would say, today was the day that my life is forever changed. Anybody? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for the cross and for the resurrection. And we are thankful that He is risen, that Jesus rose from the dead for us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray this morning. Amen. So as we close today, this is your chance to respond. Uh, We have several ways you can respond. Uh, There's a card in the seat back in front of you that explains it. Uh, You can stay right where you are and uh, and just pray. Uh, You can stand up and worship with us. You can go to the cross that's in the corner and write out your prayer request. You can take out a a communication card there and let us know any decisions you made. You can come and pray with us. We'll be in the back if you want to, if you have any questions. But uh, we want to encourage you to respond. Next week, we're starting a brand new sermon series about anxiety. It's called Anxious for Nothing. And we have so much that we can learn from Scripture about how we can have confidence in who Jesus is and what He's done. And I want to invite you back for that. But for now, we're going to close with another song to worship. Let's stand together, um, and I would love to get to meet you after the service if we've not met.